Welcome everyone. We're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, BPJ, number 76. That's Bias Panimi Joint Share, Share number 76. We see the extent of how the Tyra created this concept of allowing and encouraging mutadika things and to review and to remove unnecessary iser that sometimes, as we know from Tyra, sometimes there is an inyan of Kaddish Atzimcha to elevate yourself by removing yourself from some physical desires, but at the same time, there's dangers with that, and sometimes you have to adapt the second parish of the Yismach Moshe of Kaddish Atzimcha is to involve yourself in the Heter, not to come to the Iser. So the Tyra here discusses this balance here. How to handle physical desires. There's some things that the Torah clearly says off limits. You can't do this. You can't indulge in these things. It's wrong. And then the Torah says in certain areas I want you to the word is not indulge but I want you to enjoy whether it's on Shabbos on Shabbos marital life the sexual intimacy, and so on and so forth. So here is the contrast that we have in halacha. Every month, generally speaking, a woman becomes a nida for at least 12 days. In some Sephardic communities, it's 11 days. And during that time, any and all physical contact between a husband and a wife is forbidden. And transgression of these laws, nida laws, have real severe consequences and severe penalties. It is very serious if one cohabits with Anita. It's a very serious, serious thing. So in addition to all those things going on during those 12 days, which ensures a happy reunion of that couple, a rejuvenation, a revitalization of the marriage bond, which we're going to go into when we go into another book of this author, there's something else taking place here. For those 12 days, it's interesting that 12 days, according to most, it's 12 days, the 5 plus the plus the 7, that the wife it connects to the shift they call, you'd base. But the 12 days, the wife is forbidden to her husband. And that is the Torah allowing a restriction that creates a desire for that is what is forbidden, but only to a certain level. Just enough restriction into the marriage relationship to enhance the attraction of the husband to the wife and a wife to the husband. Not enough to create a Tamadi Yisura, because she's going to be mutter to him. That's why Yichud with his wife, who's Anida, is permitted. But it creates enough restriction to create that desire to reunite when they become mutter again. Now, yes, in situations, some situations, this nida issue creates more problems because of the staining issues or other types of issues where the 12 days become more than 12 days. And we could address, and Mishra will address those type of things 
but we're talking about in generally how it works. So the reunion of the husband and wife is incomparably much more satisfying thanks to removing and transforming this Tamadi Isura, the Torah's restriction on these 12 days, into Tamadi Atera, which creates an appetite for what is permitted. That appetite for what is permitted, they want to be sexual with your husband or with your wife after that 12-day period, is extremely healthy for the marriage. Extremely healthy for the marriage. The, the non-Jewish world creates this Tamadi Sura outside of marriage in many cases. But what the Torah did for us in its most ingenious way, not that we need proof that the Torah is ingenious, but it just happens to be that way, that the Torah, Hashem created a satisfaction and taste inside marriage, in cooperation with marriage, in harmony with marriage, in the Torah's system of these contrary opposite poles of you are forbidden to your wife or husband 12 days of a month, and you are permitted the remainder of that month. So the Torah's attitude towards sexuality is not to inspire feelings of worthlessness or of shame or of lawlessness of, or immorality or inadequacy, but the reverse, the halachas of nida are meant to produce the opposite, a very different set of emotions, of contentment, of pride, of confidence, of loyalty, of morality, of love, and any time the Isser Nida between husband and wife creates a feeling of the reverse of that, of a worthlessness, shame, you know, inadequacy, then it is not the right Taira Hashkafa. The Tafkit is this, that these Hilchas Nidas and these Harchakis are meant to create a feeling, even within those 12 days, of contentment, of pride, of confidence, of loyalty, of morality, even as you're keeping these laws. The Taira and the Jewish attitude towards sexuality is free of guilt, free of shame. In the Taira view, put it very simply, sex should inspire as much guilt and shame as eating matzah seder night, meaning zero shame. Zero guilt. Why? Because both are the mitzvahs from the Bayrei Oilam. Both need to be performed with the same simcha, with the same hakara satoiv and the same loyalty. Takadosh Baruch Hu. If a wife wants a massage and the husband knows how to give it to her and she's enjoying it, that's part of the mitzvah's oina, of giving her hanah, it's the same like eating that kazayas matzah or two kazayasim on Seder night. No different. Some mitzvahs are physically less enjoyable. Fasting on Yom Kippur. Fasting on Tisha B'av. Other things that in the Torah, you know, that is not always easy to do. And it's less pleasurable or less fun or not so enjoyable. But in many cases, it is enjoyable. But Hashem wants you to perform it and to do it. So the idea is, Tznius 
is not connected to shame or guilt. And when the Torah says you need to moderate and balance sexuality and be bitzniyas and, 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 you know, even with a husband and wife, to have those 12 days of Anita period and to behave in front of the children in a healthy way, not even those who show physical affection in front of the children cannot be overtly sexual, there's, there's gedarim. But don't mistake this moderation and, and say that it's coming out of guilt. Don't say that modesty is coming from shame. No. The Torah requires moderation and modesty in sexual behavior. That's true. They want you to be balanced. But not because of guilt and not because of shame. Adarabah, the Torah's laws and the spirit behind these laws is to promote psychological health. In a Jew who can be confident and proud of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's approval of all facets of his life. Bechol derachecha da'ehu. I know Hashem in all my ways. Kol masecha yu l'shem shamayim. Everything is l'shem shamayim. Like Rav Yaakov Emden said in his Siddur, when marital intimacy is performed for the sake of heaven, no act is more holier than that. The fact that marital act requires privacy and modesty is not due to intrinsic degradation or baseness of it. No. But rather, as Rabbi Yaakov Emden says, to lofty, incomparable holiness. That is the idea. And this is the idea of what the Yetzirah, the, 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 to understand the Yetzirah in the Torah view. And we're going to start talking about it now. Because it's extremely important to know how to handle the Yetzirah and how to view it according to the Torah lens. The Gemara Kedushin says, on Daflamet Amebeis, Barasi Yetzirah or Barasi Loi Taira Tavlin. What is it saying? I created an evil inclination, a Yetzirah, and I created, we touch it usually, we created the Taira as is anecdote. Tavlin, we touch generally anecdote. Anecdote means it's, it's, it's sort of like the medicine to combat the Yetzahara. That's how we normally touch the word Tavlin. But that's not the accurate touch of Tavlin. Because the Hebrew word Tavlin does not mean anecdote or medicine. Tavlin, for example, if you like a hot dog with mustard, the mustard is not the anecdote to the hot dog. The ketchup or the sauce, whatever you use, is not the anecdote to your hamburger or to your steak. More accurately, the tavlin is the spice or condiment. And just like a spice is used to enhance and complement that which it accompanies, the mustard or the sauerkraut to the hot dog, the barbecue sauce or ketchup to the steak or to the hamburger. Anecdote means it opposes it or negates it. Spice means it enhances it. It directs it. It complements it. And that's what it means. Barasi Yetzahara, I created a Yetzahara. Or Barasi Loi Taira Tavlin, I created Taira as a spice to add, to enhance the Yetzahara. I created the Taira as a spice for the Yetzahara. Which means that the Taira is not intending you to oppose 
or smash or destroy your Yetzirah, but to enhance the Yetzirah, meaning to channel it and its energy into the performance of mitzvahs and to maintain Kedusha, like we're going to say in a couple of minutes, Bechol Levavecha Bishnei Yitzarecha. That's how Moshe got us the Torah. What did he say to the Malachim when they wanted the Torah? Kolum Yitzahara B'yesh B'nechem. Do you have a Yitzahara? Do you have a jealousy that is like Sachmai? Do you have a Cheshik to commit adultery that it has to say like Sinaf? You have the Yitzahara to kill that it has to say like Tzirtach? So Torah is a spice to the Yitzahara. It does not nullify the influence of the Yitzahara. Rather, it's a spice similar to the Tanya saying, li matamim. Make me matamim, plural, there are two matamim. There's one that's delicious food in and of itself, and then there is a spice that adds to a food that creates an overall pleasant taste. So that the spice and the food work together to create a t- taste that either there were one alone would not be able to produce. So the spice functions as an aid as a modifier, as an accessory to the main food, not the reverse. It highlights the food. It enhances the food it accompanies. And that is what the Torah is to the Yetzirah. It is very, very important to understand this, side. So we need to evaluate what the term Yetzirah is, how to deal with desires, the desire to eat food, the desire for sexual intimacy, what is that all about? And that is something we're going to address in upcoming Shiurim, because it's so important. But to go back to a point that I want to bring out again, that people always seem to misunderstand, while you're in the 12 days of the Nida period, and you need to learn all the halachas, all the halachas of our chokkais, you need to have sick on the table, you know, a lot of past things, what do you do with a heavy baby carriage, all these type of things. The problem is, is people forget and they see just the trees without the forest. You have to know these halachas. There's no question about it. It's a serious thing. But as we're going to say in future shiurim, the things that are usser in the Nida period, it's not just that it's mutter in the Tahar period when she becomes not a Nida anymore, but it becomes encouraged. Don't pass things when you're a Nida. Not only is it mutter to pass things, you should pass things when she's not a Nida. Don't have physical contact. Now, not only is it muta to have physical contact, you're supposed to have physical contact. In different cultures, whether in front of the children or privately, that's a separate discussion. But certainly, regardless, privately, yes. Sometimes you hold hands. Sometimes you give a kiss on the cheek. Sometimes you give a hug. It's not only mutter, it is the ideal. The things that are usher to do in the Nida period, when you look at these halachas, and you're in the tar period, you need to know the opposite is the Hanhaga now. That whole Rikhuk buzz was because of a Kerav. The whole distance is a distance in order to be Makarav. That's what Kaihela says, Ace 
lekarev ve'es lorachik. And some say you could touch it in opposite poles. For some people, you have to distance, and for some people, you have to bring close. But both of them apply to the marriage relationship. Ace lekarev, ace lorachik. But if you do it the right way, then even the lorachik will be makarev. You do it the wrong way, even the makarev will be merachik. Someone wrote a letter to Rebbe saying that they were engaged, my, my children, my daughter's engaged, but now the engagement period is becoming stale, something's off. And the Rebbe shrewdly observed that most likely she is not keeping the halachas of negia or certain things that you're not, you're not supposed to do when you're engaged, and she's violating that to a certain degree, not, let's say not, not something really, really bad, but to a certain degree she's violating that, and when you are mekarev, when you do a kirev in its not proper time, it will create a richuk. It will create a distance. That's why it's important to keep these nidalachas, not in an obsessive way. We talked about there needs to be a friendliness, a respect, a calmness, certain expressions you can't say that are triggering, but a warmth, a regular normal emotional warmth, of course you need to have that in the nidaperian. But again, there's halachas, and you have to keep to the halachas. But as you're keeping the halachas, you need to remember it's an end. It's not an end. It's a means towards an end. Hashem wants that chuppah to take place again. Hashem wants that rejuvenation to take place. That little tefillah to become like a mini wedding night that you can practice again and again, month in and month out, and it's never boring, and it's always a renewed concept, like the moon always renewing itself. Brochen